Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. The local church has two distinct offices, and although they are distinct, they are complementary. Today on Drawing Near, Paul speaks to the qualifications of deacons. Join me in taking our Bibles and turning to 1 Timothy chapter 3 as we study honorable service. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for giving us men and women in the church who could serve the church as ministers. Father, these are honorable people who sacrifice and serve the church in a way that brings glory and honor to you and blesses the body of believers. Simply by their presence, we are reminded that the church needs those who serve. And we thank you for those who serve in such a way as to be worthy of all honor and dignity. Father, guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we begin our study today, I want to express that we're not going to be talking about the responsibilities of those who serve in the office of deacon. We're not going to provide a job description for them. Just as we looked at the qualifications for the pastoral office and did not describe or explain their job responsibilities or their duties of office either, these are about qualifications. There will be time in other podcasts to address what are the duties of a pastor and what are the duties of the deacon. With that said, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued, or addicted to much wine, or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. So as we begin looking at the qualifications for deacons, They must be men of dignity, men of honor. They must be recognized as individuals who are trustworthy, who are responsible, dignified in all that they do. They're not just casual individuals who are just good in business, hardworking. There's a character about them that is dignified. They're not double-tongued. In other words, they don't say one thing to one person and another to another. They're not hypocrites. They don't act a certain way in the world and act a different way in the church. What they say you can count on because they're not double-tongued. They do not speak with a forked tongue. And they're not addicted to much wine. Not being addicted to much wine is very simply they are sober-minded. It's not saying that they don't drink wine at all. Some of us may like if it said that, but that's not what it says. They're just not given to alcoholic binges. They're not drunkards. They're not somebody who overindulges in wine. Nor are they fond of sordid gain. They're not individuals who line their pockets in a dishonest way. They are hardworking. They get paid for what they do, maybe even in the church. But they're not willing to cheat other people. They're not willing to do whatever it takes to make a buck. And then it says in verse 9, but they hold to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They're believers, and they hold to the truths of God's word, but they do so with a clear conscience indicates that they do so living out the truth of that word, 
living out their faith. They not only believe the Bible, they live the Bible. They not only have been saved, but they are being sanctified. They are a maturing Christian. They hold to the truth of God's word, the mystery of the faith, with a clear conscience. Even their conscience doesn't accuse them. You get this picture that they're dignified. You can count on what they say. They're sober-minded. They're not addicted to much wine. And they live out the truth of God's word with a clear conscience. Verse 10 says, these men must also first be tested. They're not just to be put in a place of servitude or leadership because we like them or because they're good in business, but rather they have been tested to be, Acts chapter 7, full of faith and wisdom. They're godly men. And then having been tested, seeing what they're really made of, then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. We need to understand that a deacon is a servant, a minister. They don't just lead. They don't just boss people around. They are servant-minded. They give themselves to serve other people. And in doing so, they also lead the church in ministering and caring for other people. The deacons are the individuals in the church who care for the body of believers. They meet their needs. They make sure everyone is taken care of. That's why it's important that these qualifications are what they are. You need dignified men who speak the truth, who hold to the truth. You need those individuals serving. You need those individuals to be entrusted with these things. They must be beyond reproach. Then in verse 11, it says women must likewise be dignified. The idea here is one of two things. Either these are deacons' wives or these are deaconesses. I have a tendency to think that these are deaconesses. These are women who are servants and ministers who minister to other women, particularly in the church. There are ministries women need to do for other women that men cannot or should not be performing for other women. So women must likewise be dignified, just like the men, and not malicious gossips. There's the idea of the tongue. The men were not to be double-tongued. The women are not to be malicious gossips. Whatever they hear, they hold in their heart. They're not running and telling tales all the time. But temperate, that is parallel to not addicted to much wine. Temperate, sober-minded, balanced, faithful in all things. Using different language, Paul says that the women need to be just as qualified as the men. We may assume it's because their responsibility is just as vital as the deacons. So deaconesses and deacons have the same qualifications. Then in verse 12, it says, deacons must be husbands of only one wife, just like pastors, a one-woman kind of man. And they are to be good managers of their children and their households. Do you see that quite a bit of these qualifications are similar to those of the pastoral qualifications? Some people think that deacons need to be less qualified. That's not what I see in Scripture at all. These two offices require a great deal of integrity and a great deal of skill and ability given to them by the Lord, and they are not to just exercise it at church, but this is to be the way they live their lives. They are to be committed to one woman, to one wife, and they are to be good managers of their children and their households, just like pastors. And then we're told in verse 13, 
for those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. That's something that's not even said of the pastors. Why is that? Because the deacon's ministry, it's not primarily about teaching. It's about serving. It's about identifying needs and loving and caring for the people in the body of Christ. They are the arm of the church. The pastor may be more the the voice. He may be the teacher, the shepherd, the overseer. The deacons are the hands. They are out there touching people and loving people and caring for people and feeding people and nurturing people. That's what they do, deacons and deaconesses. And praise God for godly men and women who minister and serve in this sort of way. Father in heaven, we thank you for men and women who serve in this capacity. We thank you for your grace that provides them and the work of your spirit in their heart. Churches require that we have ministers, servants in the body of Christ. And we thank you, Father, for that. We ask, Father, that we would continue to have godly men and women who serve, who love, who give, whose hearts, not just their job description, but whose hearts are into loving you and loving one another. Raise up men and women like this in our congregations. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and he will draw near to us.